The message you're about to listen to is from the Household of David Mercy Conference 2024, themed The Resurrection. Be blessed as you listen. Are you excited tonight? Is your spirit fired up already? <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to sincerely honor the Lord for God's servant and his wife for demonstrating the practicality of faith in setting up this conference and not retarding even after the devil tried to discourage him but demonstrating indeed the power of the resurrection. Can we please celebrate God's servant, Pastor Shola Oshoma Kinde and his dear wife, Pastor Mrs. Abigail Oshoma Kinde. Thank you so much. God bless you richly. You have become a model. Your life and character before now was a model for a generation and for the body of Christ. But over and above that, with this act of faith, you are a prototype and a model of victory over death and triumph over adversity. God has given you a place indeed in the body and in this generation. We celebrate you for all you do. And thank you for how you do it with so much humility and love. The Lord bless and honor you mightily in Jesus' name. How many of you were supernaturally and extremely blessed by the ministration of God's servant, Pastor Dele Oshuma Kinde? Come on, give the Lord the shout. My goodness. I was telling God's servant, I said, really, we need teachers in the body of Christ. The ease with which he brings out the substance of the word. Anybody can become what he says just by listening. What a blessing. I have never listened to his message and forget it. The first time I heard him, he taught on Abrahamization. I said, what is this? And every day, every subject just showcases the excellency and the dexterity of the spirit of excellence. Can we celebrate Pastor Dele Oshoma Kinde? So blessed to have you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My spirit was charged again when God's servant, Pastor Victoria Orense, was ministering. Can we please celebrate the woman of God? They are they are agents of transport in the body of Christ. When you are weak in the spirit, look for them. They will carry you to the high heavens and you will encounter dimensions of glory. Thank you so much for being a blessing. God bless you richly. Glory to Jesus. I want to honor Pastor Isaac Oedepo. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir, for your ruggedness, for your brokenness, and for your sincerity in the pursuit of the things of the spirit. It's truly an honor to have a personal relationship with you. And I also want to celebrate our mother who came to take the offering. Can we please celebrate her mightily? Glory to Jesus. Our time is short. So lift your hands toward heaven one more time and tell the Lord, speak to me again. If you are filled, then the oil can stop flowing. But in case there's a hungry heart here tonight, Ask the Lord for a word. Ask the Lord for a word. Thank you, Father. 
We give you praise. We give you glory. We magnify your name. Thank you for bringing us into the realms of fellowship. Thank you for bringing us into the realms of life. Thank you for bringing us into the God class by the power of the finished works of Christ. Today we have come to celebrate our master and our Lord even as we draw from your spirit. And so Lord, we ask tonight that you will bring even greater illumination that everyone listening tonight will go not just transformed but transfigured and let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Take your seat, put your hands together and celebrate Jesus. Thank you so much, choir. God bless you richly. In Jesus' precious name. Play floating sound for me. Just give me some sound at the background. I'm trusting God to just share for about 40 minutes and then the next 20 minutes we, we, we see the demonstration. Paul said, when I came unto you, I did not come with excellency of speech, declaring unto you the counsel of God. He said, I choose to know nothing among you, save Christ and him crucified. He said, my preaching and my teaching were not with enticing words of human wisdom, but the demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith may not be built in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so tonight, we want to trust God to have a tangible experience of the things of the spirit. Not emotional experience, but a tangible experience. The subject we are considering is one that necessitates that we encounter truth and encounter truth in its simplicity so that the least one among us will become that which he or she hears. And so tonight, I'll try as much as possible just to talk the word and talk it in its very simple sense so that you demonstrate it not just in church, but even in the market. Because the major part of your life will not be lived when you are together in the assembly. It will be lived when you are out there living your daily life. And that is where you need to demonstrate the excellency of the things of the spirit. Hallelujah. God's servant has taken us already to the zenith of the revelation of the resurrection. But I just want to run through so that we understand a little bit more in context. There are three dimensions to the revelation or the teaching of the resurrection of Jesus. The first dimension is informative. It's about the historical event of what happened at Calvary and what happened the day Christ ascended. And the beauty and the power of the historical dimension of the subject is that it legitimizes our claims even outside the four walls of the church. The reason scholars, even those who claim to be atheists, cannot deny the authenticity of the Christian faith is the fact that there are historical evidences that prove that Jesus rose from the dead. And there are a catalog of them, if you bother to go into a theological class, a catalog, so many e e e evidences that prove that Jesus actually died on the cross, that proved that he was buried, and there were proofs that on the third day he rose from the dead. It is on this wise that the claims of Christians is legitimized in every corridor of human endeavor. If the historical perspective were not there, it would have been possible 
for the people of the world, especially to think that we coined and conjured some thoughts in our minds and we are running with it as fanatics. But because of the undeniable evidences of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, they cannot claim that what we affirm is just a product of illusion. They are actually realities. And if this is the case, then trusting and building your life on the premise of the subject of the revelation is not a risk you are taking. Because even at the lowest level of human interaction, it is verified. So that's the first context to the subject. The second context to the subject is the power that is released on account of the resurrection of Jesus. I began in the morning by telling us that the death of Jesus is a revelation of the love of God. But the resurrection of Jesus is a revelation of the power of God. In John 3.16, the Bible said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So at the cross, everything that borders on the old creation was dealt with. But you see, if the old man dies and it stops there, there's no guarantee that you will live the glorious life. You would at best live above sin. You would at best be reconciled to God. But that is not God's plan. God's plan is for you to become the witness and the reflection of God on the earth. A witness, a witness of God in that everything God wants to do, he does through you. And a reflection of God in that when men want to know God, they see you to know God. That means you are not only carrying out God's agenda on the face of the earth, you are also the physical reflection of the character and the attributes of God. All of that cannot be possible if all you have is the doctrine of the cross. Because the cross dealt with the old man. But the resurrection revealed the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's why John, Paul was speaking in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. He said that I may know him and the power. Because when it has to do with rising from the dead, a power must be imputed. The power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his suffering that I may be made conformable to the very essence of the resurrection. And so the resurrection speaks about the manifestation of the power of God. In Romans chapter 1 verse 3 and 4, the Bible talking about this same context of the revelation as the demonstration of God's power, it says, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. So this is the power that makes you reflect God. This is the power of sonship. If you have not encountered the power of the resurrection, you can't reflect God. Meanwhile, the plan of God from time immemorial is for you to become a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, God's own special people demonstrating the excellency of God. But the channel through which that will be possible is for you to encounter and to come into the understanding of the truths of the resurrection. Because if that doesn't happen, Christianity will be another religion. But Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is divinity expressed through humanity. And that is possible because of the resurrection. And then finally, which is the highest revelation that God's servant brought, is that the resurrection is not just a demonstration of God's power. 
that the resurrection is the person of the Christ. In John eleven twenty five, 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Him that believeth in me, even if he were dead, he said he will live again. And he said, if he is alive, he shall never die. So the resurrection is actually the revelation of the essence, the very essence of God modeled through a person called the Christ. This is the essence of this conference. That by the time you are done from here and you go back to your world, no man will know you after the flesh anymore. When you show up, you will come in the similitude and in the likeness of the person of Christ. So much so that when men are seeking God, they will look for you. And you will at all times manifest God to them. Because of the sensitive nature of this truth, it is necessary to be routed purely through scripture and not our personal experiences. I love the way God servant put it in the morning. He said, your personal experiences are good, but they are personal to you. It cannot be used for doctrine. The matters of doctrine are issues that can affect and be used for every other person. And this is why you see that every minister that comes is emphasizing this truth from scripture and in its simplicity. In 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3, Paul said, I fear. I fear. Listen, there are mysteries in God. There are dimensions in God. But the things that our collective faith is built on is so simple that even a child can understand it. He said, but I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve, through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ. So the teaching of this conference may not be something that stirs your emotion. It may not be something that wow you. But trust me, there are truths that can be proven any day, any time. And so Paul came and summarized it as the foundation of the Christian faith. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3 and 4, he said, I deliver unto you. <laughs> you know, sometimes as a traveling minister, there are times when you are on fire. It looks like you are talking from the third heaven. And there are other times you show up, you are so tired that even standing on the altar for 20 minutes, you will be praying to God to help you not to collapse. Yet, the people are expecting you to manifest God. But you know that no unction is flowing. You know that even standing will take grace. How can you always demonstrate God in his excellency and majesty if not something else done outside of you that you only trust him? Paul said, I deliver unto you the very foundation of the Christian faith. He said, first, that that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according, not his personal experience, not my personal experience, according to the scripture. And he went further in verse 4, that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scripture. So all of these truths are truths that holds their efficacy from the provision of scripture. What it means is that if you want to manifest the glory and the power of the resurrection, check what the scripture says and apply it to your life. It's copy and paste and you have the same result. If you take it outside of scripture, you may encounter something that is not God and there will be no consistency in your result. But unfortunately, this is a generation that is illiterate of the, of the provisions of scripture. And this is a generation that loves stories 
that are emotional and that cannot be verified. And so, instead of unveiling the ways of the spirit, we veil it from people. The quality of your Christian experience is defined by your depth and understanding in the matters of the subject of the resurrection. If you don't understand it, you will pray and you will weary. You will give and you will weary. You will fast. You may have ulcer. Everything you do will become a burden. But if you can route all your actions from the spectrum of the resurrection, your life will move from one level of glory to another. There were three things I touched in the morning, and I'll do a five minutes recap quickly. Before I touch what I want to touch tonight, I showed us the significance of the resurrection. And I said the first significance of the resurrection is the fact that death has been defeated. The resurrection is victory over death. That means anybody who believes in the risen Christ has overcome death. And in order to bring clarity to the teaching, I said there are two dimensions of death as, as far as scripture is concerned. The first dimension of death is corruption. When a man disintegrates and descends from living at the level of glory, God told Adam, the day you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. The man didn't fall down. It is not cessation of life. It's reduction in the quality of life because we were created to live the glory life. If we had not died in the first place, every one of us would have manifested God in different dimensions. But the moment we die, he said, for all have seen, I'm falling short of the glory of God. So death is to fall short of the glory of God. That in the realm of glory, there's no sickness. In the realm of glory, there's no poverty. In the realm of glory, there's no deficiency in understanding. In the realm of glory, there's no stagnation. In the realm of glory, there's no demonic possession. The realm of glory is the realm of absolute dominion. But the moment man died, sickness was introduced. The quality of life had increased, decreased. The moment man died, he became possible to be tormented. The moment man died, he became depraved in the soul. And he began to seek things to give him validation. And so when the quality of a man's life is reduced and is, it becomes a corrupt entity, mortality is the word. That man has entered the economy of death. But that's not all. The second layer of death is condemnation and separation from God. And so Revelation chapter 20 from verse 11 to verse 15, the Bible narrated how judgment will be passed. And at the end of it all, in verse 14 and 15, it says, if a man's name is not found, written in the book of life, it says, that man shall be cast into the lake of fire. And it said, this is the second death. So it's a place of total separation from God, and it's a place of absolute torment and eternal condemnation. And so in the resurrection, what God did was to reverse the protocol of death. So the moment a man encounters Christ and believes in the resurrection, what happens is that the sequence of life is reactivated. And the first thing that happens to that man is that the quality of his life jacks up automatically. So you notice that although you are not doing anything special, but somehow you are not falling sick anymore. 
and when somebody is sick you touch the person the person is healed and you are wondering what happened to me the power of the resurrection has been activated because this is not a religious belief this is not joining a religious organization this is an awakening into a dimension a dimension of upgraded existence where all god is and all god represents you become and so if god does not fall sick you will notice that somehow even your cells will receive some training some form of intelligence that makes them to begin to resist cold that makes them to re begin to resist sickness and a day will come when as you grow in this revelation it will become so strong that even when you drink any deadly thing jesus calls it deadly that means he kills but you will discover that the deadly thing will have no power over you because the power of resurrection is victory over death so your cells itself will be educated because there will be a light that will be shining from your spirit that will nullify every operation of darkness that is why the bible said in him was life john 1 4 and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness all the descended realm of existence is a product of the government of darkness but now that you have come into resurrection you don't need to fight against darkness darkness has an intelligence to flee you so where other people come and they fail when you show up failure itself knows how to go away for success to align because even the lines will begin to fall onto you in pleasant places you will see that like pastor Dele said the realm is reconfigured is reconfigured so we are not trying to succeed we are success in motion we are not trying to win we are more than a conqueror we are not trying to be well we are divine health expressed we are not trying to be victorious we have overcome the world whoever is born of god overcome the world it's an upgraded realm of existence it will be so real to you that when men are cast down you will unconsciously say it's not because you are trying to say it religiously it will flow out of you because that's your realm of existence when you know this thing even demons will avoid you they will know it is waste of demonic asana because they are not omnipotent they don't have enough <laughs> i'm telling you this thing is like an antidote even if you are cursed on its own the course will not work not because you prayed about it because there is now an internal dynamic at work that causes can't rest on you anymore but you see when you don't understand what the resurrection means you will be praying prayers that are not necessary and sometimes when we pray we show the devil what we don't know you tell me you will die it's not a prayer point we don't die purpose keeps us here until we are done and when we finish we don't die we translate to glory so there's never a time to pray against oh i will not die every untimely death not for a man who knows resurrection not for me not for me oh you will fail in two years me you have to teach me how to fail there's something at work in me that even when i'm failing the power will make it work oh you don't understand the part of the justified is as a shining light it shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day see this is not you walking oh this is a program working on your inside i'm not saying you are the one walking i'm saying 
because you believe and know it a program is at work did you not read he said if that same spirit that raised up jesus from the dead lives in you he said the spirit will quicken you you are not the one praying for health there is a program on your inside that the moment sickness comes all of the soldiers are aligned and they begin to counter the sickness you go to sleep and you wake up like a giant and they are wondering what is happening resurrection is at war why would jesus say we are the sort of the earth how dark is this world but there's something we carry you are the light of the world how wicked is this age there's something we carry that when we show up there are programs at work life is upgraded and that's not all he went further to also say even those who are dead he said i will raise them from the grave so the second dimension is that there is eternal assurance in john 6 40 he said on the last day they will come out that means we are no longer captives of the grave and oh how beautiful Pastor Shola explained, Pastor Daly explained it from Matthew 27, 53. That the moment he resurrected, the grave opened. And the grave did not just open. He said when he resurrected, those who were dead rose up. And they did not just rise, they appeared. See, you will appear to your generation. Ah, oh, I'm telling you, you will appear to your generation. Nobody will be left in obscurity. Nobody will be left in darkness. I'm telling you, there is something on your inside that will make you appear to your generation. That's why we say that this is not the era of few people shining. It's the rise of the army. Everybody will shine forth the dimension of glory that is apportioned to him. Even widows, women rejected in society who should be pitied, they say they receive their dead back to life. There's an economy that is upon us that insists that nobody will be a victim and no grave can hold you captive. And that's not all. I said the third definition of the fact that we have won over the dead, over dead, is that even condemnation has already passed us. In John chapter 5, verse 24, it says, He that believeth in me, he shall not come to judgment. It says, For he has passed. He didn't say he will pass. One thing I notice about the New Testament is that everything about your allocation is in past tense. So you are not trying to get it. It has been done. Your job is to know it and keep it. He has passed from death to life. And when John was carried to heaven to see the truth of judgment, he saw it that everybody whose name is in the book of life was not cast into the lake of fire. So indeed, what Jesus said was true. And so in the resurrection, there is victory over death. And that victory is defined in your life as an upgraded experience. It's defined in your life as eternal assurance. And it is defined in your life as eternal justification that you cannot come to condemnation. Please, as you go out on a daily basis, let this be your consciousness. When men are cast down, say... I am lifted when men are failing say i'm not one of them see this is not you trying to be religious this is you knowing who you are and that's where the power is released number two talking about the effect of the resurrection i said the, re the resurrection gives us absolute authority over the devil 
The devil is no longer a prayer point. We don't pray out demons. We cast them out. The battle has been fought. The victory has been handed. In Colossians 2.14, he said, having spoiled principalities and power, Jesus actually defeated the devil before he rose from the dead. That needed to be the first thing to be done. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he said he made a public show of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And so when he took that power, I told us he didn't need the power. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. The power he took was for you to be reinstated to authority. And when Pastor Dele showed up, he spoke about reconfiguration of the realm. Because when man fell, see, man was actually created a dominion. And if you study the ranking system of heaven, there is the Christ, then there are thrones, then there are dominions, then there are principalities, then there are powers. Colossians 1, 15 and 16. That's the ranking of heaven. We were created as dominions. A dominion is a prince that is giving authority over a territory. That's why the heavens belong to God, but the earth he gave to the sons of men. Because if we are dominions, we must have a territory to exercise government. He said, let them have dominion. Genesis 1.28. That's how we were created. Now, a throne is a dominion that after his assignment is considered faithful. So he said, if you are faithful in ten cities, in five cities, you will be given ten cities. He told the disciples, you will sit with me on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So the position of a throne in the spirit is vacant until the dispensation is over. So that those who are overcomers are handed thrones based on their faithfulness. But before the end, all of us have authority to function as dominions. And because of that authority, we have the right to exercise government over our jurisdiction. But when the man fell, he descended from the height of a dominion and he became a servant. There's an abomination upon the face of the earth that princes are trekking. Why beggars, demons that are supposed to be beggars, disembodied beings that have no jurisdiction are now riding on horses because there was an exchange of power. So much so that when Daniel was praying, a prince that had risen to the rank of a dominion, went and was intercepting his prayer in the heavenlies. That's where Daniel was supposed to be functioning. But because man is falling, government has changed hands. But when Jesus came, he said, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a public show of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 19, 1 verse 19, he said, he made him to be seated far above principalities and powers and above dominions and above every name that is named. And in Ephesians 2, 6, he said, you are seated with him. So what the resurrection did was to reinstate you to superior realm of governance. On the strength of that, in the name of Jesus, you have absolute authority over devils. So demons and devils is no longer a prayer point. If they say there's a demon, pocket your hand and say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. They say at the mention of that name, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess. Both in heaven and on earth and in the world that is to come. I don't care what your rank in the spirit is. In the name of Jesus, get out. He has no choice but to go. Because now, not the apostles, not the prophets, 
not the evangelist, not the pastor, not the teacher. Everyone that believes has authority over every devil. And so in Mark 16, 17, it said, this sign shall follow them. In fact, it is one of the signs that we have believed the resurrection. In my name shall they cast out devils. Why are Christians not casting out devils everywhere? It's a sign that they don't know the resurrection. And so when somebody is demonized, we put that person in a bus, travel for 10 hours, cross five cities, cross 30 million Christians, looking for one deliverance minister. Something that any Christian should have stood up and said, what is wrong? If it's a demon, it's easy. In the name of Jesus, get out. If the person has an accident, I can say, let me generate dynamis and couple the bone together. But if a demon is there, my God, what are you doing here? Makato, feria, merudiga, kazuza, avetali, ililalawate, beruka. Because when demons are involved, it becomes a show of kingdom versus kingdom. Of power versus power. Of dimension versus dimension. And the lesser power have no choice but to bow. Now hear me. As you leave this conference. Every devil in your family. Every devil in your business. You will cast them out. And they will never return again. Dominion. Listen. We are beings of dominion. We are beings of power. Not because of our fasting, not because of our prayers, because when he resurrected, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You go in that power. So I went with power. I was commissioned with power. I was sent with power. Power to exercise absolute government over devils. I don't have to be an apostle to do it. I don't have to be a prophet to do it. I only have to be a believer because of the resurrection. And number three, I say the resurrection is the validation for our faith. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, it says, if Christ has not risen, it says your preaching is empty and it says your faith is in vain. So what gives validation? What gives efficacy to our faith is the fact that our faith is not exercised out of illusion. Our faith is based on the man that defeated death. And if he did it before, he can do it again. If Christ is not risen, this message I'm preaching is empty. The substance of my message is not the intelligence. It's the fact that it is affirming that Christ rose. And this is why the apostles of old, they say we preach Christ and him crucified. He said, when I came unto you, I did not come with excellency of speech. Declaring unto you the testimonies of God. I choose to know nothing among you save Christ and him crucified. My preaching and my teaching, they were not with enticing words of human wisdom. They were the demonstrations of the spirit and power. I know this. Christ is risen. So my faith is not in vain. If I stand before the mountain, my faith is not in vain. There is a validation for my faith. If I say I will not fail, I'm not psyching myself. If I say I am victorious, I'm not psyching myself. The resurrection created a premise. The moment it is premised upon the resurrection, there must be answer and result. And I said, because of that, there are three levels of the expression of faith. I said, number one is the fact that your faith, hmm, 
produced justification for you. So you can stand before God without blemish. Romans 4.25 Jesus was ransomed or given up for our sins, but he was raised from the dead for our justification. And so when I represent God, there's a justification. When I call the name of Jesus, there's a justification. When I make a demand, there's a justification. Because my faith is based on the fact that he rose, I believed in him, and everything he represents is credited to me. This is what made you a Christian in the first place. There's justification. Imagine if I say, let's stop now and pray for the sick. What would be the basis? I'm not feeling any anointing. Imagine if I say, let's stop now and pray for the sick. We are not seeing any vision. What is the assurance that the sick will be healed? It's because there is a justification. If I say in the name of Jesus, I am affirming the power of him that rose from the dead. But you see, if you don't know this, you will be waiting for the day that your emotion is high. And many times your emotions will fail you because emotions fluctuate. If your emotion is high, enjoy it. But this thing is beyond emotion. There is a rugged foundation that nothing can defy. Christ rose from the dead. Put it at the back of your mind and live the victorious life. And you will stop sizing yourself based on what your circumstance tell you. Number two. I said the resurrection ex expressed through faith is the power for witness. So when I stand on the behalf of Jesus, it's because he rose from the dead. And as he rose from the dead, he incorporated me into the economy. So I can stand and say, God sent me. I can stand and say, God said. And the reason it will come to pass is because the power to witness was made available through the resurrection. Acts chapter 4 verse 33. With great power, he gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus. And great grace was upon them. With great power, the power for witness was born from the resurrection. If there's no resurrection, we cannot witness to Christ. In fact, our witness is even to the resurrection. So the resurrection is what empowers you. And this is why any one of you here can represent Jesus. Most of you think until you go to a seminary, pass through a Bible school, collect a certificate before you can represent Jesus. That's too late. Because too many will perish before you start. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5.19, to wit God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses against them. He gave them the word of reconciliation. Is training important? Yes. Is process important? Yes. All of that is to make you thoroughly furnished unto good works. But the original power to represent Jesus is born out of the resurrection that you have received when you put your faith in Christ. And so don't wait until you have the title of an evangelist before you take over that market. Don't wait until you have the title of a prophet before you bring Jesus to that bank. Do you believe in the resurrection? Yes, when I step into the bank, this becomes the kingdom of God. And when you talk, God will honor your words. You will see results that will marvel you. Because the power is not in your title. The power is in your assurance of the resurrection. Philip went to Samaria. Not evangelist Philip. Not prophet Philip. He preached Christ there. The whole city was filled with joy. Acts 8.5 When they saw the lame walking, demons checking out. 
How did he enter that level of power? He preached Christ. He understood the resurrection. So an ordinary man can become a giant because the power for witness is in the resurrection. But I tell you, many Christians are waiting for an emotional experience or a human validation before they represent Jesus. And you will be shocked that this too will happen. You will not see power. They can call you out in a stadium. The most revered person in the, of the time can call you a big name. Nothing will happen with you. But from the backsides of, your, of the desert, you can understand that Christ died for you and rose from the dead and step out and the dead will come back to life. Because the power of witness is in the resurrection. If your life will become a wonder to your generation, you must understand, believe, and walk based on the resurrection. And finally, I said in the morning, the hope of glory, that at the end, we will be glorified, is also predicated upon the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15 from verse 43 to 53, it is replayed there. Corruption swallowed up by incorruptibility. Mortality swallowed up by immortality. The eti swallowed up by the heavenly. So in the resurrection, there's an exchange of glory. And so the reason you will walk in eternal glory is because the resurrection made it happen. Him that he foreknew, the same he called. He predestinated. Him that he predestinated, he called. Him that he called, he justified. Justified came, justification came because of the res resurrection. Romans 4.25 And him that he justified, the same he glorified. So the reason you walk in glory and from glory to glory is because you have believed in the resurrection. Pastor Dele said in the morning that our Christian walk now is not from shame to glory. That is for Moses and Elijah. Our walk now is from glory to glory. Because we are justified. It's not, it's from glory to glory. Because that's the economy that the resurrection affords us. These were the three major things we emphasized. And I said tonight, I'm going to add one. Walking in the newness of life. Because when you were resurrected in Christ, you were brought into the economy of eternal life. Oh! If we understood 30% of eternal life, we will become a wonder to our world. Just 30%. If we knew 30% of eternal life, my God, we will literally become a spaceman that the world will study. And there are two things about life. Number one, is the consciousness that you have it. Because the way life works is that you must become aware. It says whoever is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. It says all things are passed away. 2 Corinthians 5.17 It said behold, all things have become new. The word behold is the word idol, become aware. If you are not aware that you have life, you will not utilize life to its fullest in first john 5 11 to 13 it said this is the record that god has given unto us eternal life and he said this life is in his son he said whoever has the son has life whoever has not the son has not life and in verse 13 he said 
these things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you will become aware that you have eternal life. Many Christians are conscious of the animal life, but they are not conscious of the God life. And so we are crazy about what we eat. Some people, if you touch their diet, they will kill you. And there's nothing wrong with it. Eat where? They rest, they exercise, and when they are going out, they take a proper bath and they address well and do all of that. I'm not looking too bad myself. <laughs> but if you are only conscious of the animal life, you will have the animal resort. And what is the animal resort? A man in honor that knoweth not. It's like the beast of the feed that perishes. The resort of the animal is that he perishes. Even though he's supposed to be a creature of honor. That is why we are not demonstrating the dimensions of God. You see people that should be a wonder to their world. All they have is good clothes, good skin, good health. They don't have what is eternal because they are not conscious of eternal life. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 12 to verse 14, it said we have not received the spirit that is of this world. So we know the things that are freely given to us by God. He said, which things we speak, not with words that human wisdom teaches. He said, but with words that the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. He said, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The problem with Christians is that, Christians is that they can't receive what life has to offer because they are not conscious of it. And to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Everybody seated here tonight can raise the dead. Everybody seated here tonight should live in perpetual victory. Everybody seated here tonight should not be sick. Everybody seated here tonight should be a wonder to this generation. How come only few are experiencing it? Because only few have a consciousness that is beyond the natural. Only few know that there is another life on the inside. And the proof that you know is that you will feed it. Because you will be sensitive to the promptings. Why do you eat in the morning? You know about physical hunger. Why do you bathe before you go out? You are conscious about how you appear. If you are not doing anything about the life that is in you, it means you don't know there is a life there. That's why you have to be encouraged to come to church. That's why you have to be persuaded to read the Bible. That's why you have to be persuaded to pray. Because you are not aware that there is a life inside that needs to be fed. And if the devil watches you and he sees that all your activity is centered around the bodily life, he knows you are not aware of what you have. And so he will start his experiments from you. Because those who are aware, every time he sees them, they are attending to that life. Sometimes they shut the door. They are there for three days. They are eating food. Sometimes they carry the word, they are studying, they are eating. And then after a while, he sees them celebrating because they are overfed. They are excited. Something is breaking out from within. He will never try such because he knows they know they have something more than the natural. But a Christian who doesn't know he has that life will be defeated a thousand times because he doesn't know that there's another economy on his inside. So the first thing is to become conscious. Listen. You are not an animal. You are a new creation. Your life is not only in your blood. There's another life in your spirit. That life is what craves for the word of God. That life is what craves for the presence of God. 
And if you want to live by that economy as well, you must begin to feed that life. If you don't eat and feed the bodily life for three days, most of you can't even walk. If you move it to seven days, some will die. And those who are very healthy, after 21 days without water, they will die. So even the animal life takes 21 days to die. And then somebody has the spirit life, although superior, but for five years, that life has not been fed. Even when he comes to church, he's on phone. When worship is going on, he wants to put selfie online. That's his focus. He's not worshiping. When the word of God is going on, he goes out, he's himself, come back. He hears nothing. And he will not go home and pick his Bible. If there is Bible in his house, check. That's the only dusty thing. Because it has never opened. This thing is a walk in the spirit. It's not just about a conference. It's about who you are. I'm becoming aware that that's who you are. I carry the life of God. And so I must live like God. That is Christianity. Practicing the life of the spirit. Because there is a life in you that must be nurtured. And oh, how excellent it is when that life begins to be exercised. That's when you will notice that discernment will wake up. You will now know that you have eyes beyond this one. So you went to do a business. They planned to cheat you. You came in. There's a signal. And you go back. You say, what is going on? I want to read the whole document. You will now discover there is a document that indicts you that you would have signed. How did you know there's a life that has woken up? And the way that life woke up is through discernment. That's how the resurrection begins to work. That you become mindful of the life that you carry. You know that it is there and you feed it. Somebody tries to destroy you. They have set up. There's a gang up. They, the road is already blocked. They know that for the past two years, you passed there at 8 o'clock every day. Today, you wanted to enter your car. Life says sit down. And you go and sit down for 30 minutes. You scatter the plan that they planned for two years because of one moment of discernment. That's when you become invincible. Because the one resurrected is like the wind that blow it. Oh yeah. It blows. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it is going. He says, so are they that are born by the Spirit. But for that to happen, you must wake up to life. Wake up to life. Sometimes that life becomes so strong. They succeed in their plan. They gave you the poison you drank. You were supposed to die three days later or three hours later. After one week, you come out, you say, well done. When they see you, they will now faint. When you rush them to the hospital, why? They'll say, what we gave you, you are not supposed to survive for three hours. Then you now tell them, what you gave me affects the animal life. I have a superior life. The superior countered the inferior. The superior countered the inferior. So even when you fail in discernment, there is a reinvigoration. If that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. People are sick, people are dying. They estimate and say, because of what we are seeing in Africa, the lifespan is 42 years. You will celebrate your 50th birthday. That's when you will start from. Because we don't die. We translate to glory. But what is the power behind it? There's a life on your inside. The Bible said it is so. And so you now, you are aware and you are feeding it. You are feeding it. You are feeding it. Even the power to go through affliction will come from that life. When Pastor Shola stood and said, it is where? It's not a political statement. He's not a politician. It is where because anxiety can enter. The life is too strong. It blocks anxiety. 
If you don't have life, some things will happen to you before the testimony comes, you will faint. But the one who has life, he weathers the storm. And come rain, come shine, he's still standing. When you ask him how, even him will not know. But God is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all you ask or think, according to the power. The power at work on your inside is the power of eternal life. The second thing about life is to walk in the newness of life. To walk in that new realm. There's a way to walk in this new realm. So after you are aware that you have that life, you now begin to walk in that realm of life. In Romans 6 verse 4 and 5, the Bible said, Therefore, if we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness. So there's a realm where we function from. So it's not just about being conscious that there's something on our inside. There's also a realm where we walk. But you see, for you to walk in that realm, you must have an awareness that everything Christ possesses now is yours. So it's one thing to be conscious that you have life. It's another thing to be conscious that you can't even live this animal life by the provisions of this animal life. You will live this animal life by the provisions of Christ made available to you. And so one, you must know that you have the mind of Christ. So when you are functioning, you will function not based on analytical mind, but based on spiritual mind. Because there are two kinds of mind now. I studied in Harvard. I studied in Oxford. I went to Lagos Business School. But when I want to carry out a transaction, in addition to the principles of economics, I will check the superior mind of Christ. So I will not take decision purely based on what is written in the book. I will take decision based on the present revelation position of the spirit. Because now I know that I have another mind. That mind is not trained in Harvard. That mind is inspired by the Holy Ghost. And so if you become conscious of that, even after you have done everything you need to do, you say, Lord, what next? This is you walking. is submitting to the mind of Christ. This is where you can judge all things. But you see, there are many Christians, good enough, they are conscious, they have life, but they have not submitted to the mind of Christ. And that's not all we have. We also have the faith of the Son of God. So I'm not taking decisions now because I'm bold. Confidence is one thing, faith is another. I'm taking decisions now because I trust in the God that dwells on my inside. And so when I say I am lifted up, it's not because I'm confident. It's because now there is a, another operation on my inside. Paul was speaking in Galatians 2.20. He said, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And that's how all of them lived. Peter was speaking in 2 Peter 1 verse 1. He wrote to the brethren, he said, you have like precious faith. And that faith is the faith of the Son of God. So whatever Jesus had that made him confront the grave, I have it. And so when I'm going to the grave, I will not substitute to fact. I will substitute to faith. There is something of Christ that is in me. I don't know how it will happen, but I know I will not be disappointed. And as I am moving forward, I'm not moving forward based on the information I've gathered. I'm moving forward because I am sure my Redeemer lived. By the time I get there, something must happen 
that will turn it to my advantage. It's called submitting to the faith of the Son of God. See, there's a way the faith of the Son of God works. Before the faith of the Son of God was activated, there was the Abrahamic order of faith. In the Abrahamic order of faith, you trust God and God acts. Abraham trusted in God. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. He was strong in faith, giving thanks to God. He put his confidence in God and God took the action. When it comes to the faith of the Son of God, he said, don't talk to God about the situation. Talk to the situation about God. When you come to the mountain, it's not time to start saying, Lord, show yourself. No, I'm here, God has shown up. I am here, God has shown up. You mountain in the name of Jesus. The faith of the Son of God is that you are aware that you are representing Jesus in the matter. And so when I come to a place, somebody dies, I'm not going to say, Lord, where are you? I'll say, death, why are you here? Because I am speaking with the consciousness that it is God talking. In Luke 10, 16, he said, when they hear you, they hear me. But you see, that kind of assurance cannot come except as you know, it's no longer you that live. It's Christ that lives through you. And so when you wake up in the morning, you say, Lord, have your way. When you are going out, you say, Lord, order my step. When you come before any situation, you say, Lord, speak through me. You say, Lord, do what only you can do. And immediately, there is a configuration that takes place. God begins to flow through you. And so you begin to do the acts of God. And a point will come. They can't distinguish between you and God anymore. And like Paul, you will say, it is no longer I, but the grace of God. So you can't tell whether you are the one or the grace. So you have to explain it. That this thing is God that walked through you. It's a dimension of life. That's what it means to walk. To walk. We are confident in things, not in God. And that's why even when we draw budgets, we draw it based on our ability. Because we provide for all that we need. But there is a people that know that God walketh in them, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Those are those who have the faith of the Son of God. And that's not all. You have the anointing of Jesus. I'm showing you. Every aspect of your life, there is something on, of Christ you are expected to live by. You have the anointing. In Acts 10, 38, it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and what? Power. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when he came to you, he said, not many days from now, you too shall be anointed with what? With the Holy Ghost and power. So the same anointing on the life of Jesus is the anointing that is on your life. So you have the mind of Christ. You have the faith of the Son of God. You have the anointing of the Holy Ghost, which is the anointing of Christ. And that's not all. You have the righteousness of Christ. He said he made him that was without sin to become sin for us. That we, through Christ, will become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 So when I appear, my audacity is not in my purity. I live pure by the Holy Spirit, but I don't reckon myself based on my purity. When I appear, my audacity is not based on my prayer. I pray as much as I can by the Holy Ghost. But even the day that I don't pray, I'm audacious. Because now, it's not my righteousness, it's the righteousness of God. I fast. I almost live a fasted life. But even when I have not fasted, I cannot be intimidated by circumstances. If I fast or I don't fast, it's not a factor. My fasting is a revelation of my love for God and my maturity in the things of the Spirit. But the answer 
is based on the righteousness of God. You know what the righteousness of God is? Is the virtue that is in God that makes God excellent in glory. And that excellence causes God to be right at all times. It is that rightness that imparts the power to make things work. So if God shows up now, if you are short and God says you are tall, it's not wrong. Check yourself. You will discover that you were wrong about your definition. You will just realize you have been tall for 35 years. You didn't know. Because when he says it, if time needs to be reconstructed, you will go back to the foundation of time and be reconfigured tall. So when he says God cannot lie, it's not just because God says the truth. It's because anything God says, that is what it is. It's a power that is righteousness. And when you carry that power, somebody has cancer. You will not say you will be healed. That's not how we say it. We say you are healed. Because what we say becomes. That's righteousness. That's not your righteousness. That's the righteousness of Christ. Somebody is blind. You won't tell him you will see. No. If you say you will see, it means you want to do something about it. You won't say you will see. You will say you are healed. You always say it in past terms. Because it's the credibility of Christ that was confirmed before the foundation of the world that you are spending from. They say somebody is failing. You say no. You are not a failure. You are a success. You won't say you will succeed. You will say you are a success. And as the person goes, he will discover that his success is bandited. Marco Barakata. Felica Parosta. See, when God gave us the righteousness of Christ, he made us eternal excellencies. Anything we say becomes. Anything we do becomes. That's why he said lay hands on the sick. You don't even need to talk. When you touch them, there's something flowing from you that corrects their error. Sickness is an error. Death is an error. Fear is an error. And when you show up, you correct that error. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 said, For as much them as the children were partakers of flesh and blood, he said himself likewise took part of the same, that he through death might destroy him that have the power of death, even the devil, so that they which all their lifetime were subject to death in bondage by fear will be delivered. So when you show up, you show up to enforce that which Christ has done. But it's not by your credibility. Fast as much as you can. Pray as much as you can. You need it. Give as much as you can. But every time you stand, stand on the premise of the finished works of Christ. As he is, so am I in this world. If the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in me, he will quicken me by the spirit. Whoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even their faith. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. When I show up, they know. Because I don't come in my name anymore. I come in his name. I come in his power. I come in his glory. I come in his majesty. I come in his presence. This is what the resurrection has done. That's why Paul said, Henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. You may be Yoruba. I may be Doma. It doesn't matter. Because the wall, the middle wall of partition has been separated. There is now a new man in Christ. And when we show up, we show up in the similitude and in the likeness of the Christ. The anointing I have is the anointing you have. It's called the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The faith I have is the faith you have. It's called the faith of the Son of God. The life I have is the life you have. It's called the life of God. The, the, the holiness I have. See, this is the Christian faith. See, when you know this, you become intoxicated. 
I go to work. They say somebody is dying of epilepsy. Really? Lord, do I really have your power? Let me use it. <laughs> See, if you have a gun and somebody wants to attack you, will you bother about your muscles? No. I have something that can kill him from a distance. Mateke. See, a devil shows up. The demon will, will be a giant. They said, This is the demon of cancer. He's 12 feet tall. He's 30 feet tall. You look at him, you say, Well, I've heard about the Nephilims before. Even if you are bigger than them, I don't come in my name. My muscles are not necessary here. I need my muscles to walk with God. But right now, in the name of Jesus, regardless of your height, Marke, Teke, Katura, Paraga, Suda, Hey! Manto Verete. See, this is why your insufficiency will be lost because you don't even need your sufficiency in the first place. This is why your inadequacies will be given away because you don't need your adequacy in the first place. Even if you were the best, the best is not needed. We have this treasure in 18 vessels that the excellency might be of God and not of man. So both my worst and my best, I put all of them aside and I go in the name of the Lord. I go in the power of the Lord. I go in the faith of the Son of God. I go in the presence of the Lord. And when I show up, they don't see me anymore. They see Christ in me. For Christ in me is the hope glory somebody shout my god Elohim Adonai Elohim Adonai Elohim Adonai brothers and sisters this is the gospel you can wake up and cast out devils you can deal with sickness even in your own body because you are not using your power if cosmos maduka gives you his atm card and say please go out buy what you want will you bother about the the make of the car <laughs> my god my god Oh God, you gave me your ATM. Give me a Lamborghini. Give me a Rolls Royce. Give me a G-Wagon. I will start with five. Because I know the weight of that ATM card. Depletion is not part of it. Because it's a billionaire. But what you were giving is not the ATM of a man. It's the inexhaustible power of the Most High. It's the name of Jesus that is above every other name. So when you step up, stop looking at yourself. Keep your gaze on Jesus. They looked up to him and their faces were radiant and they were not ashamed. They looked up to him. The reason you fail is because you look at yourself. In the resurrection conference, you will quit seeing yourself. 
you will quit looking at yourself are you ready tonight there are three things that will happen here the first thing that will happen is that death will be destroyed in your life every area of death god sickness god poverty god failure it will go down today i didn't have time oh i wanted to teach on the mind of christ but i didn't have time i wish you knew do, do you know how christ thinks when the bible said in first corinthians 2 16 that we have the mind of christ that means he brought us to absolute dominion you know how christ thinks there was a boat available he said i want to go and pray he didn't think when i finish will there be boat it doesn't matter when there is boat i travel by boat if there's no boat i still travel and when he was done praying the bible said at the third watch he came walking on water who thinks about that only the mind of christ can conceive it and he was walking on water and overtook the boat that went many hours before that's the mind of christ you want to feed people they said they are only without counting women and children there are five thousand men you'll say what do you have what do you mean is there a bakery here but that's the mind of christ they say we have five loaves and two fish bring it here you know how the mind of men thinks even a year's wages can't supply it he said i'm not talking about wages there's a realm of wages and there's a realm of supernatural supply bring what you have here and they thank the father take give them if you were the one who collected it who will you start from but that's the mind of christ as they were giving it was multiplying as they were giving it was multiplying as they were giving that's the mind of christ somebody is sick they say master come quickly before he dies or god relaxed and was teaching when he now died he said let's go there is it not better to go when he's alive but that's the mind of christ because i am the resurrection and the life that's the mind of christ the guy died he was now going they say ah but they say he's already dead now you didn't do anything when he was alive is it now he said no he's asleep because in the mind of christ there's no death everybody dying is asleep and when he shouts they will wake up and he went to the grave he said roll away the stone they said now he's smelling the mind of christ don't think about decay he said as thou knowest not how the bones are formed in the womb of her that is with child so also knoweth not thou the ways of the spirit i don't think decay i created every cell roll away the stone and when they roll the stone with a loud voice lazarus if i was him i will enter the grave and try if it doesn't work so that i can come out he stood before everybody lazarus come forth and the bible said he that was dead oh you don't know the mind of christ hear me some of you here you will enter the telecommunication and produce things that have never been that's the mind of christ this is not just about church in the church wars you will begin to counter everything that the world is producing some of you will produce cars that have not been imagined some of you will produce cryptocurrencies that will beat bitcoin some of you will enter telecommunication you will produce things that will beat ai it's called the mind of christ because even if the brain can't articulate it you will download it that's what we are talking about that is the resurrection can we pray in the holy ghost for one minute can we pray in the holy ghost Elohim Adonai 
my time is up put your hand on your head I want to show you something now when I spoke about practicals you thought I was going to do it no you will do it you will do it if there's a pain in your body rebuke it now if there's a growth in your body command it to dematerialize now if you cannot see command your eyes to see now if you cannot hear command your ears to hear now if you cannot walk command your legs to receive strength now you have touched the resurrection power command it now tell everything dead in your body to begin to walk if there is something on your business that is failing command it to walk now manta paracatos Ah, Elohim, Elohim, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you have done that, forget about the symptom. Lift your hands and honor the Lord now. Thank Him for answers to prayer. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Like someone who is sure something has happened. Thank Him. Thank Him. With joy, celebrate. Thank Him. Somebody shout glory! Shout glory! Now check your body. If you have noticed a change, you have noticed any change, let me see your right hand. This is without a pastor praying for you. You have noticed a change. Check your bodies, check thoroughly, check thoroughly. Those of you waving your hand, run to the front here. Run to the front here quickly, wherever you are. You have noticed the change in your body. Run here fast. You can walk these things, brothers and sisters. It's the heritage of the saints. When we minister to you by the anointing, it's an added advantage. But right where you are standing, you carry something. Never be the same. I've touched your
please hear this what I'm teaching you here is not for church service when you enter your workplace stand up in the morning prophesy over that work with understanding see how your business will change it will shock you sir look at the people healed without anybody praying for them because now they have understanding this is the resurrection demonstrating the spirit and power there are many more things happening here some of you will discover as you are going home now I'm, I'm shutting down please listen we can't take your testimonies but write them down submit them so that we can glorify God in you you have become a witness you are a proof now that the word of God is true so write it at some point in the meeting we'll take the testimonies now if you are here and you have never met Christ personally all you have is you have attended church lift your right hand I don't even have time to call you out I just want to pray for you now these are the only people I'll pray for I'm not praying for the sick I'm praying for those who want to encounter Jesus now lift your right hand I'm seeing some hands God bless you lift it where you are standing quickly lift that hand say dear Heavenly Father I believe in my heart that Jesus is your son I believe in my heart that he died for my sins. I believe in my heart that he was buried. And on the third day, he rose from the dead for my justification. I confess with my mouth tonight that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I receive eternal life into my spirit. Thank you, Father. I am born again. In Jesus' name, I have declared. Father, I pray for these ones. I ask that you establish them. Cause them to walk in the newness of life until they become proofs of your faithfulness. So let it be written. So let it be established. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. There are four things that you will practice as you live here. Number one, Pastor Dele has taught it already, is to master adversity. Most of the challenges you go through are a school of the spirit. Don't despair. When challenges come, tell yourself, when men are cast down, I will say there's a lifting up. If Christ rose from the dead, nothing can keep me down. Master adversity. Number two, nurture your hunger for spiritual things. If you don't desire it, you will not see it. Nurture it. Nurture it. Number three, keep yourself stirred up. The resurrection spirit is called the quickening spirit. And if you quench that spirit, you will not see the reality. So keep yourself stirred up. And number four, stay full of thanksgiving. A man who gives thanks has gone beyond the circumstance. He's already living in the reality of the answer. God bless you richly. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this message. Find out more about Household of David. Visit our website at www.householdofdavid.org. You can also follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and MixLR. Or join us for one of our services on Sundays by 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. and Wednesdays by 7 p.m. God bless you.